This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, this is Alicia Wynn. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. Hi, this is Poppy from The Apprentice. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, I'm Holly Sorensen, creator of Make It or Break It. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom. Hi, this is Christina Chaw from Survivor One World. Hi, my name is Josie Loren. I play Kaylee Cruz. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner from this season's Apprentice. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hallo, ich bin Nina Rausch und Sie hören sich gerade an. This is Alec Baldwin. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, this is Jenny Blatt from Love in the Wild. Hey, this is Chelsea Hobbs, and you're listening to two of my favorite blogger podcast guys um, on What Do They Said. Did you hear? 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 What do they say? You get to hear what Dubay has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Dubay Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at whatdubaysaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplessis, coming at you from Dubay Studios Southwest in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who has taken Manhattan by storm, your host... Robert Bob Dubay, joining you from the Upper West Side of Manhattan, slightly waterlogged a little worse for the wear, but able to broadcast. I'm one of the few people I think in this town has power, Jason. Really? Tell me all about it. We haven't talked since before the storm, which may have been the last time I ever spoke to you alive, but turns out that wasn't true. I know. Sorry, Jason. Yeah. I'm alive. I know. <laughs> Sorry, listener. No. I'm alive. <laughs> wow. First hurricane. And that's all you got to say about it? <laughs> it was, uh... It was interesting. It was uh, surreal, I think is a word that comes to mind, because I didn't know what to expect. I was expecting, like, you know, what you see on TV where it's like, you know, palm trees bent over and howling winds and just sideways rain coming at the windows and rattling. I, I, I you know, I pictured me, my my wife, uh, the, the the interns, Reba all huddled together in the bathtub sort of scenario. Yeah. And it was really none of that. We live in this bunker of an apartment here where we're surrounded by four other huge brick apartment buildings. So we didn't hear anything. The rain wasn't very heavy with this storm. It was really the storm surge and winds. And boy, that's enough. That's enough to shut down the city that never sleeps. There's a whole half of the city right now that is completely without power. And uh, I can imagine uh, napping at the very least, if not sleeping entirely. Hmm. I heard I was watching the uh, David Letterman program last night. Have, have you seen any of the David Letterman program with the big storm happening? No. You know, a lot of times um, I've just been watching the, the coverage on the news. So, I yeah, I've been Normal TV is like seems a little uh, not applicable right now. I haven't watched our normal shows. I'm really out of the loop. I, I've just been in, in storm mode. Well, he he's he's doing his show, but there's no one in the audience, so it's kind of interesting. Oh, it's kind of okay. yeah, it's kind of like our show. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then uh, a hell of a lot like our show in it. So, uh, but he was mentioning last night in the um, in the program that he does that he came up from downtown and it was pitch black. Uh, it was eerie. He was saying that it was just pitch black all the way down there. And uh, yeah, this is here's a good uh, topic of discussion. Um, well, first, ask me if you have any guests. Uh, do we have any guests today? No, but I'll tell you who won't be guests. We won't have power, and we certainly will not have um, the other guests that I had lined up that I forgot. Um, oh, God. Oh, transportation. Public transportation will not be joining us. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Way oh. to blow the joke, Bob. Nice work. What else am I supposed to ask you? I think that was it. Oh, okay. Um, Don't give me more than one opportunity to fuck up. <laughs> Great. Well, what about you? Do you have any questions to ask us? We've been off the air for a while, dear listener. Uh, you can yeah. send us an email at whatdovesaid at gmail.com because your emails mean so much. Uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook. Search for What Do They Said on your Facebook page. Listen to us on Stitcher's radio app. We didn't get nominated for a Stitcher podcast award this year, Rob. I don't know if you noticed or not. Yeah. I, I did. I blame the listener. Okay. Uh, I do too. And uh, you can also find us on Medio.com uh, out there in the UK on the Rogue 2 podcast uh, network. Blimey. And you can give us a phone call at 415-937-0445. That number is rarely used and it's 415-937-0445. Operators are standing by. So really, in, other than just sitting and watching the news, which I'm doing here, although I am watching regular yes. TV shows. We had a very similar hurricane experience. <laughs> Interesting. And But you don't you don't ever venture down into the hurricane zone? Well, I haven't yet. Okay. Let me just kind of give you a, a sort of blow-by-blow Bob Dubay's experience of this particular hurricane. Okay, I think that's I was supposed, what we're all tuning in for. Um, sorry, I, I don't mean to. I, we've been out of out of doing this show for so long, it it's kind of feels like I'm, I'm starting all over again from day one. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I was supposed to work on Monday that the storm was due to hit, hit land. So my shift would have been had I gone in one o'clock in the afternoon to about nine and they were anticipating the storm making land um, somewhere in like the Jersey shore area at about eight, eight thirty. You know, they, they couldn't tell because the storm was picking up, you know, speed and losing speed, whatever. But this coincided not only with a full moon, but also the high tide. So that's why this storm was so devastating because the, the storm surge and the high waters it was just like a perfect storm. Yeah. You know, those things exist. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, thankfully, my, my, the owners of the place that I work at, the bar, I'll give a little plug for Fontana's NYC. We're riding out the storm, but we're going to be back just as soon as we can to give you pickleback shots. That's right. Pickleback shots. That's a shot of Jameson and a pickleback chaser. Ugh. I know, right? Ugh. Makes you want to throw up in your mouth. Um, at any rate, so. Knowing that the subway system was due to shut down, I, I think it set, shut down at like seven in the evening. Buses were shutting down. The the owners of the bar said, "Look, we're not going to open. You know, this is stupid." So they didn't open. But nobody really knows how to gauge how big the storm's going to be. I think Irene was a bit of a bust. You know, it didn't really 
deliver the devastation that they were anticipating. So mm -hmm. people were kind of skeptical. Yeah. So I figured, okay, I'll miss a night of work, but I'll be able to go back on, I'm supposed to work tonight and it's Halloween night and we had a bunch of stuff booked and it was going to be, you know, not only a, a profitable night, but probably a fun night, you know, a lot of people in costume and, and, and that sort of thing. But everybody I think was thinking, okay, we'll be down for the storm and then things will get back up again. Boy, were we wrong hmm. because when that thing hit, a huge power station blew down that services the, you know, kind of lower half of Manhattan. The rivers both crested, the Hudson and the East River, and were kind of like meeting in the middle of lower Manhattan. I mean, it was bad. Streets were very flooded. Power went out like very early on. Um, the subways are a mess, and they're saying about a week before they get those back online. Buses are just starting to run now, but you're going to love this. This is kind of the point I wanted to get to, and we'll talk about a lot of aspects of, you know, people and how they behave in disasters. But with the power being out, Jace, yeah, no traffic lights. So there's imagine no power in New York City from basically 42nd Street below. Oh. That whole area is without power right now, oh, and I believe without water. So that's a huge, huge. That's half the the, the big half of the city. Yeah, and. That also means no traffic lights. So they've allowed cars to, as of you know, mid last night, some of the bridges have been opened. The tunnels are still underwater. I think there's only the Lincoln Tunnel that's able to service people from the Jersey side. So people are starting to drive and move around now. And there's also emergency vehicles trying to get around, as well as they've got the buses running. Well, without traffic lights, it is a absolute minefield for pedestrians because people, uh, typical New Yorkers, all think they have the right of way. Mm. So they're showing on the news like it. I wouldn't even you asked why I haven't kind of gone and walked around um, down in that area in particular. I'd be taking my life in my hands. I mean, it is absolutely. And then at night, it's so dark out that if you're a pedestrian, you know, even walking around with a little flashlight and stuff, you know, no guarantee you're being seen by people that are running lights. You know, people are getting frustrated when drivers get frustrated. What do they do? They don't calm down. They step on the gas. They try to bully through. You know, like it's just insane. So the the big thing they're going to have to address, I think, going forward is what they're going to do about traffic. Because it's 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 gridlock down there now. Because everybody's like, I gotta get in and get to work. So everybody drove in, and now it's just a complete clusterfuck. On top of, you know, the longer people go without power, the more likely people start thinking about, oh, well, I'll just uh, bust this window open and steal the shit. You know, there's no cops around. It's dark out, so looting is starting to become a problem. Uh, people are getting frustrated because they run out. You know, people did not prepare with a lot of water and food because they thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. And now they're sitting in cold apartments. It got to 40 degrees last night and no food, no water, uh, no real way to get in and out of their neighborhoods if they're in certain remote parts of the city. So it's uh, it's pretty gnarly. It's it's very, very bad. Do you worry about the ruffians from downtown coming up and like banging on your door? Give me heat. Give me water. <laughs> I don't. I don't. That it's somebody described it as a tale of two cities right now. Mm. My neighborhood on the Upper West Side never lost power. So honestly, um, the night of the storm itself, we were getting a little bit of cabin fever because we'd been in for you know a bunch of hours. 
And we went kind of outside and looked and it wasn't there. You get gusts of wind occasionally. And we had some trees uprooted and things like that. Maybe a few awnings came down. But we watched the 49ers play football at a, at a bar a block down the street. And you walked in and it was packed full of people, TVs on, people watching the game, music playing. And you would have had no idea there was a hurricane going on, you know, down in the lower half of the town where, you know, streets were being flooded and people are really, really getting hit hard. So it's been in my neighborhood now. The only thing that's different is that there's so much foot traffic because people are kids are off of school. Uh, people are home from work. So it feels like a Saturday, you know, uh. there's not that much foot traffic going on where normally it'd just be kind of like, you know, less people on the streets. And so. Our, our stores are starting to open up again. There's no real, you know, indication that there's a that there's a that half the city shut down up where I live. But I have, like I said, I haven't been downtown, um, and I don't know that I need to go down there. I mean, nothing's open. I think you kind of are inviting trouble if you start going down there. Well, you could loot. Well, that's what I was thinking, you know. But what would I have? I have enough tennis shoes. <laughs> You can never have enough tennis shoes. Um, yeah, maybe not. Is uh, Fontana's where you can get Jameson with a pickleback shot uh, <laughs> located in downtown? It is. It's actually located. There was a Zone A, which was the one that they, they wanted mandatory evacuations, which, you know, it, nothing's mandatory. You can't force people to leave their homes, you know. Um, so where my uh, bar is located is just outside of, of zone a so my fear was that there could have been flooding and if the bar had flooded we have a downstairs basement where we host a lot of bands and there's a lot of you know expensive uh sound equipment and you know there's a bar down there. you lose that bar and kind of you kind of lose a lot of scheduled shifts because you know that's where they they put some staff the what i heard is that the other than it being without power uh the bar is fine so, yeah, we're, we're right down there in the Lower East Side, borderline of Chinatown, and I think, luckily, um, the flooding didn't come that way. It's, it is without power. That whole area is without power. And that presents its own problems, which would be all the refrigerated stuff, like the kegs of beer and all the beer in general, it is going to be warm. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have to get delivery trucks in to kind of restock because we'd sold through everything prior to that because we had a really big Halloween weekend because as you know Jason Halloween doesn't happen on Halloween well I was thinking it really happens the week before yeah well I was thinking I'd heard the stories about Halloween being postponed um but I woke up this morning and it was Halloween Uh, you didn't prevent Halloween from coming it did, it, yeah, it, it's postponed. The parade that they do every year in Greenwich Village is postponed. But Halloween in the rest of the United States of America is still going to happen. New York is big league town as we think we are. We cannot stop Halloween. Do you think that the hurricane was because of Obamacare? <laughs> you know what I find that's funny? I'd be curious, not to get too political about this, but I believe... I believe Mitt Romney, Republican for smaller government, is going to have a tougher sell in some of these uh, storm-ravaged states talking about, uh, you know, reducing FEMA. Mm, Yeah. You know what I mean? It's funny. Nobody wants the government's help until something like this happens. And I dare say that a Republican that's had his house 
demolished by winds and flooded is going to refuse the government's help when it comes to being reimbursed for some of this. Oh, no, the Republican who has that isn't going to need to do that because he's worked hard all his life and earned money by doing an honest day's work. And he'll just pay with his money because that's how private enterprise works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Meanwhile, in sunny Los Angeles, God, talk about a tale of two cities indeed. Yeah, wait, I have one other thing to say about New York. I did also not to get too political, but I think the lesson okay. for, to this basically of what you're saying is that if uh, Al Qaeda attacks downtown New York, New Yorkers band together. But if Sandy attacks mm -hmm. New York, they just act like assholes. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of a fair amount of banding together. I, well, mean, I think we should thank the terrorists, though. They win. Too, Again, the terrorists win. <laughs> too soon? It was uh, uh, 87 degrees here in Los Angeles on um, over the weekend. I w was walking my dog yesterday and thinking about changing into shorts. It's a little uh, foggy today, which is good for uh, ho the Halloween. We're recording earlier than we usually do. We're actually recording on Halloween, um, yes. Wednesday. Uh, and uh, it's going to be in the 90s this coming weekend here in L.A. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Is that typical? Um, it's, uh, it's probably more typical than people ever want to admit, um, because we usually have, uh, the Indian summer, which happens during, uh, October, and then it gets fake cold and then it gets hot again around, usually around Halloween and, uh, Thanksgiving. And then it's cold basically from, uh, January through April. We don't really get a pre new year's, uh, winter here in LA. Mm -hmm. um, it's not when you say cold. What are you, what are you talking about? Like uh, mid seventies? No, no, no. It'll be in the sixties when it's cold and, okay. and that time. And then, uh, like, I'll get up in the morning and it'll be forty something degrees in my house. So it's, it gets cold. Yeah, that that is cold. Yeah, that's cold. Yeah, but um, you know, no hurricanes. There was an earthquake here the other day, a three point something. So that's uh, that's cool, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I mean, hurricanes are one thing. Um, earthquakes are quite another, and and both are. I'm realizing both are equally as destructive, but there's something about the ground beneath your feet moving. Yeah, you know that, that's really unnerving. Although I can see walking down a street and getting hit in the head with a tree branch, you know, could be probably shocking. <laughs> you think? Okay, here's something, though, that, that happened early on in the storm, and I had zero sympathy for it. A young woman in her 20s was jogging through Central, or not Central Park, uh, Prospect Park over in Brooklyn, and, uh, you know, gusts of wind prior to the storm were hit, topping off at like 50 miles an hour. Those are strong gusts of wind. And a, a tree limb came down and whacked her head and put her in the hospital. And I felt no sympathy for her because I'm going, you overachieving motherfucker, having to do your daily jog, you know, in the face of a hurricane's uh, approach, and you get hit in the head, that's what happens. <laughs> well, you have a pet. What about your uh, animal? Don't you have to take your animal out? Yeah, the animal's been, we've been lucky. Like I said, there wasn't so much rain attached with this. So uh, my, my dog has the ability to hold... And I wish I had this ability. Hold her bowels and her urine for it seemingly days on end. I mean, it's 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 impressive. So, got her out. She did her business. 
she just sleeps, hangs out, and then got her out again when the you know the weather broke a little bit. So she's been doing fine. I mean, like I said, there was no rattling of the windows to scare her. There was no gusts of wind or things you know falling off and hitting you know making clamor. So she it was you would not know there was a hurricane going on being in our apartment, which kind of actually is a good thing. I'm realizing. Wow. All right. Well, um, guess that's all we have to say about the hurricane then. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I, I'm just curious what you think would happen in a similar scenario and say um, the power went out in Los Angeles and there are no street lights. How do you think drivers would behave? Uh, well, I've been out in Los Angeles when the power has been out and it's it's a little more, um, I think it's a little more, uh, I, I hate to say polite, but people are a little more savvy of the rules of the road here in LA because it is a car town and everybody does mm. do car things. Um, so there, there'll always be the, the jack off who blows through the signal or doesn't take his turn or whatever. I mean, that's always the thing, but uh -huh. people will generally slow down at, at a stoplight, um, that isn't on. I mean, you know, except for the people who blow through it. But, um, you know, I, I haven't been driving around L.A. in a major disaster since the Northridge quake, which was, you know, mm -hmm. a long time ago. And even that, it's kind of like you're describing now uh, in New York at the time, like I was watching TV and hanging out in the house and, you know, whatnot. And then you get out and start driving around. And you see that the bridge has collapsed and the people up in Northridge are, you know, living in squalor. And it's like, well, oh, gee, here I was complaining about, you know, the newscasters not having anything to say on the TV news. You yeah. Know, but that's going to be another area we can talk talk about is the, the coverage of, of storms where they have to fill up 24 hour blocks with, you know, just one topic. And, you know, they have people dispatched all over. But before we go to that, what I'm also, you know, I, I kind of touched on it, but New York being such a pedestrian heavy town, mm -hmm. watching the, the footage of like, they just put a camera on, I, I believe it was 23rd and 3rd, which is a busy intersection on the east side of town in Gramercy. And Isn't that a Ramones song? 23rd No, it's 53rd and 3rd. Oh, um, darn it. But, I mean, it's like a high stakes game of Frogger if you're a pedestrian trying to cross the street. Because literally people were, the drivers were... Nobody, I guess everybody forgot the, what, what is the rule of the road? There's a rule, right? Well, yeah. Um, when you, yeah. What do you, okay. What do you, you get to an intersection? What happens? I don't know. I think it's right. The right person to your right goes first or something like that. Yeah. Usually the person who is to the right of you has the right of way, which always puzzles me because if there's four people, then everybody has someone to the right of them. Um, ah. but technically if you arrive at an intersection, you're supposed to let the person who arrives to the right of you go first. Or what generally happens is there's a line of people and you each take turns. What becomes confusing mm -hmm. is when the person making a left turn gets to go and you kind of have to uh, either risk it or, you know, pay attention to that. So I'm not exactly sure what the rule is for that. But aren't there traffic cops in New York? Aren't there a bunch of Irish blokes directing traffic and blowing whistles? Fader, <laughs> laddie, hold your horses. Um, <laughs> No, uh, there are and there aren't because the the NYPD and the emergency services are spread really, really thin. I mean, I'm just talking about Manhattan. Out in Brooklyn and Queens, uh, Jersey's really devastated. 
But I mean, there, there was big, not only water damage, but there has been fires and all kinds of stuff to keep people busy. So I really think, honestly, it's like, you know, the, the traffic is kind of on a back burner while they just try to, to handle these other issues that are going on. I mean, it's major and it's all going to get worked out and you're seeing things kind of incrementally get back to some semblance of normal, but really until the power comes back on, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. And then the subway is the next big thing because, I mean, this is a town that relies on public transportation in a big way. Do you really think that the, uh, you know, the people in Ohio are going to say, wow, now I'm voting for Obama? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I like how Obama's been handling this. He's been kind of focused on being the president in a time of disaster to one of them. You know, I mean, this has affected a lot of the whole eastern seaboard. And it's going to be very hard, I think, for Mitt Romney to, you know, point fingers at Obama. I like the fact that Obama isn't campaigning per se. Yeah. And the, the weirdest thing to me, honestly, was uh, – Governor Christie, who's you know kind of the big figurehead for the Republican Party in a lot of respects, um, has been so gushing over President Obama's outreach and support and help to the point where they're they they were there's a good been photographs of the two of them walking arm in arm and stuff like that, which it's got to be a bit confusing for Republicans, I'd imagine. Well, I'm sure that's just the liberal media spinning it. Well, that's, let's talk about that because I know you you've studied this from uh, your couch. The coverage of storms like this one, Sandy or Katrina or earthquakes and whatnot, God, they fill up a lot of time with a whole lot of nothing. I couldn't even watch it. I, I kept hearing about it coming and I would turn on the news to say what's happening and there'd be someone standing in front of a map showing when it was coming and then someone standing on the beach saying it's coming and then once i hear mm -hmm. that it's coming it's like all right well let me know when it comes <laughs> what's happening yeah and then i turn it on when it's happening and nobody knows what's going on because they can't be out in the storm reporting it because they can't really say it so really the only time to hear news about the storm is after it's over so we can see the devastation um yeah in the light of day too i might add yeah yeah exactly yeah so and there's I, a lot of st static shots of like pitch black and burning. as you can see, there's no power down here. <laughs> right. Okay. And what are you doing down there? A lot there's of one, uh, one, one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say a lot of shots of like choppy waves. And yes. what I'm really sick of, for, I'm sick of two things. Um, if I can complain about this hurricane. <laughs> yes, please do. I am sick of cell phone video being on national news i don't mm -hmm. want to see like hard to see uh -huh. graphic video with poor sound that's just like some sort of like watery thing i'm sick of that and then i'm sick of the photos on facebook that are like crystal clear perfectly shot photos of like a guy rescuing a dog and like, who's who has taken these photos in the past couple of days? You know that most of them are fake or photoshopped or from old disasters. They're not actually from the current disaster. Mm, interesting. I'll tell you what I'm sick of. Okay. Um, I'm sick of reporters using news voices, and I and I'm sure you with your gift 
with your gift of voice can can demonstrate what a news voice is to the listener. Uh, sure. Steve Gregory, KFI News. <laughs> like that? <laughs> yes. We're, we're, it, I don't care what ethnicity, what, you know, gender, all the news voices end up sounding like this. I'm Paisy Chang, coming to you live from the corner of 23rd and 3rd, where we have a blackout. Let's cut to Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson here, on the corner of 42nd and 3rd. Everybody has the same exact voice, timber, delivery, and it's just so bizarre to me you know it's like is there is that something they teach you in journalism when you school like to have a news voice is there do you know anything about this news voice i know the news voice when i hear it on the television i was never trained to do news voice because i didn't go to broadcasting school mm -hmm. but i'm sure there is a news voice like they hire people think, for that you know i think it's designed to give you gravitas right yeah it's probably like some sort of but some sort of uh, probably was started by Walter Cronkite or Edward R. Murrow. Well, it's also supposed yeah. to give you an air of um, impartiality. You're not supposed to put in any inflection to what you're saying to make it sound like you have any feelings about it. You just have but to that's talk. The, that's wrong, too, because they do plenty of that, too. OK, you know, it's like the only they use the news voice. To, to get in and get out of the segment. But in between, you have, it's really devastating here. I mean, you can see this woman's house right here. This is shit blown clean off. And then I've noticed a lot of editorializing going on by reporters as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a lot of editorializing. Not just reporting news, but talking about, well, you know, you can say whatever you want about uh, you know, global warming. And I know there is up to some debate, but it's really hard to believe that these storms of the centuries now that happen every two years are not somehow connect, you know, a lot of that business going on as well. It's Obamacare. I blame Obama for pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you, what's your take it, on the global warming thing? I mean, do you think this is a global warming issue? My take on global warming has always been, I, I believe I'm a realist in, in, most things and i find it very hard to believe that with the population that we have and with the developments and the, the you know the amount of power and energy that is required to keep this globe global turning that that does not have some sort of effect on the environment yeah and right. i also believe that there are cycles you know to in, you know, climate change and things like that, that also play into it. But I really do believe that we have more people on the planet than maybe the planet is designed to handle. And this seems like something that is logical. I think the rise in sea levels um, is, is quite possibly the result of a uh, you know, a hole in the ozone layer or pollution or something. You know, it's hard to deny that these things are happening. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe that, you know, we, man affects the climate in, in some shape or form. Yeah, I agree with that. And what I never understand about the sort of global warming deniers uh, is that even if it's not fossil fuels, let's say, that is causing 
uh, global warming. Like, let's say that it's it's totally unfair that we here in America or anyone across the planet can't drive a Hummer that gets four miles to the gallon uh, because they want to be able to drive their fast fossil fuel burning car or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, why, like, you can't do that and invest money in clean energy. Like, why the person can have a free marketplace and... <laughs> and you know spend money and make money making cars and selling oil but that it's stupid to make money and work for wind energy or solar energy and you can't have a choice to have solar energy and electric cars i think i think you on you and i both know the answer to to why that is not possible because there's no money in uh solar care or wind care or because the people that want you know it goes all the way back to carnegie and Rockefeller and, and J.P. Morgan. Yeah, you know the people that have the money invested in the oil industry, a huge, huge, huge lobbying group, as well as a you know multinational corporations. They don't want to see their profits cut into one dollar wise on by clean energy. You know their money is in selling gasoline, oil. Yeah. No, I understand that. And that's, you know, that I, that's why there's no light rail system in Los Angeles anymore. You know, it's the whole who framed Roger Rabbit plot. That's the 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 oil companies came and tore up all the railroad tracks. We had a really great public transportation system here in L.A., but they decided that they wanted to sell cars and oil. So everybody has to drive cars in L.A. That's that's documented. And people go, whoa, you know, but um, the 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 the. The thing is that about these storms and global warming and man having an effect on the environment, and even if man doesn't have an effect on the environment, let's say this is just a a cycle that the planet goes through because of the way the earth wobbles or the the axis tilting or the uh, orbit and all that kind of stuff that they figure out. Or maybe it's even just God's plan for the earth, you know, Um, can't we as humans figure out a way to combat the elements and prepare and set up for things like that. So let's say, okay, the the seas are rising and uh, the coastal areas are going to be underwater because we're seeing that three feet of ocean rising is going to happen and we have proof of it. So why can't people like fucking move away from the cities or prepare for it? Like prepare for uh, for things like that. Make money building houses that'll keep you safe in the uh, disasters. Make money building houses that are warmer or cooler or whatever. Like just the whole like sitting around and doing nothing and saying the planet will be fine. Vote for Romney. You know, (laughs) let me do what I want. It's free country or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And the other thing, too, I, I, I take issue with is I feel terrible. I feel I feel really terrible. I've never been to Atlantic City, but I'd like to go to Atlantic City one day, mm-hmm. and I'd like it to be some sort of semblance of Atlantic City. But with this storm, I mean, really, it that's where the 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 eye of it hit. You know, it, was, it hit hard over there. So it may be a totally different Atlantic City. The one the one that I watched on Boardwalk Empire may have been washed away. 
Well, yeah. the Atlantic City you saw in Boardwalk Empire wasn't the Atlantic City that I went to. You didn't really miss much. Atlantic oh. City is the Atlantic City I remember oh, really? is kind, <laughs> it's kind of like a lesser Reno uh, with um, with a like a like a lesser Santa Cruz boardwalk. That's kind of it. It's just a little longer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not. That's kind of what you're getting. But anyway, the idea <laughs> of Atlantic City is, is is nice. Okay. Yeah. I feel better now. I don't want to badmouth Atlantic City since it's underwater, but I was not impressed by Atlantic City. I went into one of the Trump hotels, and the ceilings were lower than the ceilings in my uh, home. Oh, are you kidding me? That's weird. Yeah, it was very strange. But I guess my larger point is, if you live on these barrier islands and these this beachfront property that is is prone and susceptible to things like hurricanes and massive storms and, and flooding. And the same is true for Malibu, I guess in Santa Monica and things like that, you know, that those areas. It's hard to feel bad for people that are living in a, in a area that is going to, you know, chances are uh, get wiped out from time to time. Mm. And I know everybody wants to rebuild, but you're rebuilding an area that's going to get wiped out again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's frustrating. You know, I, I, the same could be said if if a, God forbid a major, major earthquake, you know, knocked uh, took out San Francisco or took out Los Angeles. And then everybody's like, we got to rebuild. Well, you're rebuilding for an eventual, you know, another rebuilding. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Well, that's you know it, whether it's a hundred years or hundred and fifty years, chances are, you know, something like that's going to happen. It's just it's a reality. Well, I mean, the Earth is doomed anyway. No matter where we live, there's going to be problems as as the future comes. So you got to build somewhere yes. for the meantime. We're all doomed, people. <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast the other day about uh, what the Earth would be like in 500 years, 5,000 years, 50,000 years. And uh, they made a good point about how what will make the planet survive to a certain extent is when, uh, we, when we become sort of a planetary society so that we're not Americans and Canadians and, and Turkish people and whatnot, but we're Earthlings. Right. Okay. <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we all sort of realize, oh, we live on the earth and we're earthlings and this is how it how it goes. Well, that was an interesting way of looking at things, because when you think about like Star Trek or whatever, it's like Spock is a Vulcan. Like he doesn't say he's from some country on Vulcan. You know, he's just Vulcan, uh -huh. you know. So, yeah, well, that's something to consider. I like that. <laughs> so we are earthlings, Rob. Yes. Yes, we are. And, I, you know, I'm. The other thing that issue those popping up was election related, of course, is like, how is this going to affect the ele election? And, and Governor Christie's response was, and I, I, I really kind of like, part of me, it's likes Governor Christie. Ooh, Rob likes Governor Christie. <laughs> Not in the a politically aligned sort of way with Governor Christie. Ooh, Rob <laughs> likes Governor Christie in that other way. <laughs> I'm blessing, listener. Uh, <laughs> but um, he's so no, you know, this whole thing is always no nonsense and, and bullshit. And somebody, a reporter asked him about, how is this going to affect the election? And he's like, I don't give a damn about the election. 
He's like, and I think a person that's sitting in the dark with no heat and no power could give a damn about the election. And I, I, I agree. It gave a little perspective. Now is not the time to start, you know, be playing games with, you know, oh, how are we going to get people to the polling booth? Is it going to be an accurate vote? Is there going to be power? You know, all that stuff. It just seems kind of inconsequential or insignificant, even though it's probably very significant and very consequential. Yeah, it probably is, especially with the whole like neck and neck popular vote electoral college talk that was going on beforehand anyway there was talk around here that romney might win the popular vote but obama would win the electoral college and there'd be sort of a that old scenario yeah the old hanging chad unbelievable you know it's funny it, it's the electrical the electrical the electoral college scenario close like i get it i, I get the idea yeah you know, I get that you give great, isn't that design, you give greater weight to more populated states, correct? No, it's supposed to give equal weight to all the states. So. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. See, so, I thought it, it was designed to like, you know, a, a California or New York that has a larger population has more elect, electoral college, college votes. Yeah, we, we, we do have more electoral college votes, but I think the way it's supposed Oof. to work out is that the uh that the because we have the larger population the the larger um states like the entire election could be decided by the two states with the largest population as opposed to all the other states in the middle which don't have as much population so that would be the sort okay. of popular vote thing so instead you narrow it down and all the electoral votes go towards uh uh, you know, all the popular votes go towards the electoral votes. So even if there's like 50 people who vote for the Democrats in Vermont and 51 vote for the Republicans, the entire state goes Republican. Uh, and then mm. so that's how that works out. So that's why California doesn't matter whether I vote or not, because the entire state's going to go for Obama anyway, because all the electoral votes are going to go for Obama. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So it yeah. Just, it evens it all out so that there's 50 states, and that the, the each state just sends its electoral college votes to, for one candidate. So then, why have the popular vote at all? I mean, I know that decides the electoral college votes. Uh, well, because the popular vote, you're voting for your electorate. That's what you're doing. You're not actually voting for the president you're voting for the electorate so when you go into the voting booth and it says you know barack obama or mitt romney when you click on that you're not voting for them you're voting for your district's electorate to go represent uh your your vote in in college in the electoral I college see, i see yeah i see i see there you go listener right <laughs> yeah Learn a little something, aren't we? We're learning about global warming today. We're learning about uh, our nation's uh, elect electoral system. Yeah. We're learning about uh, yeah, exactly. So know. that's what the popular vote is. People are v voting. The the they they all you know the popular vote then determines who wins the electorate the electoral vote. It's I think they should do a popular vote where when you went into your your voting booth, here were your choices: best eyes, yeah, best hair, yeah. Most friendly. Yeah. That kind of popular vote. Wouldn't I, that be great? And then you vote for those characteristics in each presidential candidate. And then whoever has more of those characteristics is the guy that, you know, and it's, maybe it's a, you know, 
there's a way to do that, I'm sure, without the hanging chad. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we should just do it by applause. <laughs> With an applause meter? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It is a great idea. Hey, I also have to say this other thing about Sandy is that it was awfully kind of her not to hit until after the World Series. I, <laughs> that, oh, all right. Let's, should we mention the fact that the San Francisco Giants are World Series champions? I think we should mention it. Why don't you mention it? San Francisco Giants are World Series champions! I'm not allowed, apparently, because I live in New York and I've rooted for the Yankees, who are an American League team. Yeah. They don't play the Giants, folks. Yeah, well, sure Bob they do. Bob can like two teams. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, I'm very happy about that. And the parade's happening today, and I, I suppose I, I suppose that they'll be able to set more buses on fire. Yeah, I hope that happens, because that's nothing says I'm from Oakland, like setting a San Francisco bus on fire. Yeah, right. I think it almost says at this point, like I, I think that's almost bashing Oakland. It says nothing says I'm from Livermore or Cupertino, <laughs> like setting a bus on fire. Right, yeah. Oakland's okay. Sorry about that, listener island. <laughs> uh i was wearing um, my i was wearing a giant's shirt the other day and uh i was walking my dog actually this was just yesterday and some guy in his car window leaned out and says you wearing a giant shirt and i thought for sure i was about to get bludgeoned to death like, you know right or, or sprayed with shotgun uh shells yeah yeah exactly uh and i i just sort of looked at him and i went uh ah? You know, I kind of non-committally made a grunt to neither confirm uh -huh. nor deny that I knew what the hell he was saying. <laughs> uh, and he said, congratulations, man. I'm like, ah, oh, thanks. Thanks for scaring the living hell out of me. Congratulations. Yeah, I know, right? But that was nice. It was nice to get the congrats. What is he congratulating me for? All I did was watch. I watched it on well, TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole we did it sort of mentality. You know, Facebook was in it. Okay, without naming names. The Facebook feed during the course of this World Series was so, so annoying. And I forgot to hide certain people. <laughs> yes. So I would just get things like Banjo. Yeah. Scoot. Throw strikes. Like totally uh, no context, no insight, nothing attached to him. Just a lot of. One word, exclamation point, stuff clogging my feed, which was really annoying. Yeah. Really annoying. That's the way we do it. Yeah. I love it. Two more. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thumbs up. I got, a, uh, I got really sick of the commercials. I, you know, I'm so spoiled because I never watch commercials. And I know that's a terrible thing for me to say, being as I'm in commercials and I'll be going to a commercial audition this afternoon and whatnot. But uh -huh. I skip through commercials and I've gotten now on my direct TV. There's a feature now where you can just push a button and it skips 30 seconds ahead. So I don't even need to fast forward through and see them going past and fast forward. I just literally skip over the commercials. I don't see them at all. Um, nice. But watching the playoffs and the series you know, I got to watch them live. Can't watch them on tape delay, you know, because otherwise I can't check yeah. in on Facebook as the game's happening and find out what people are saying. Um, yep, yep, yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's important. Um, <laughs> but uh, like the, I kept seeing the same commercials over and over and over again and they were driving me crazy and I don't even want to think about it anymore. Yeah, the commercials were the same. I noticed that as well. 
I, I loved watching. I, I couldn't watch every game because I was working through some of it. So I would have, if I was downstairs in the basement bartending, I'd have like barbacks coming down with score updates, which I thought was really nice of them because they knew like, hey, he's the guy from San Francisco. He probably wants to know what the score of the game is. Hey, hey, so, the guy from San Francisco. Hey, is that how they all talk in New York? Uh, hey. No, they're, they're very nice. You know, I have to say a shout out to the staff over at Fontana's who really embraced me. And, uh, and, and it, it's just been a wonderful experience. That's why I'm anxious to get back to work. Ooh, you know, I'm ready to. They embrace you. I, and this is something I never say. I'm anxious to get back to work. I'll say it again to shock the listener. Bob Dubay is anxious to get back to work. That, uh, there, there is a hushed shock coming from the listener. I can tell. <laughs> Are you shocked, listener? Let us know what do they say at gmail.com because your emails mean so much. Um, so, well, should we shift gears a little bit here? Do you want to talk about... Uh, I, I think I am caught up on Survivor. And right. I would love to know what you have going on this weekend. And I, I would love to have something going on this weekend. But as of right now, everything seems canceled. Everything I do is in the lower part of town, I'm realizing. Hmm. Maybe you should uh, go to Harlem. I would like, maybe I should. That's a good idea. Go to the Apollo. I do want, it's showtime. We should do this show from outside the Apollo sometime. Okay, I'm, I'll am i do that. That'd be great. I'll see if I can do a, get a mobile unit. Reba, <laughs> we need a mobile unit. So you have nothing going on this weekend? You're not going to go see any bands or you're not going to go to well, Pennsylvania? I'm, look, I'm looking right now. On my band's you know site, where it says all the shows in the area, and every show that I'm interested in seeing is happening downtown. And as of yet, they don't have power on. Although there's no can, there's a few that say postponed or canceled, but the ones that don't, I have to just assume that they're not going to have power to have amplification unless everybody's doing a very special acoustic set tonight the dirty fences are doing a very special acoustic set oh bring and your it's candles. halloween too so this would have been the greatest night to be out you know to be working yeah it's like free the sexy the sexy kitty girls and the, the nurses and all that shit come to me yeah yeah and people are so nice when they're in costume they people are nice or they're, I've learned because I, you know, bartended a Halloween party on this Saturday night where people were either really nice or they were like so caught up in their costume that they were total assholes. Hmm. You know, where people are playing the role to the point of like, you know, okay, but that's great, but do you want to drink or not? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm the guy from Jersey Shore, so I have to be a prick and dick. Okay, do you want a drink or not? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a prickin' dick. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I was enjoying doing, Jason, was no matter how, like, ghoulish or crazy or um, the costume was that came up to the bar to order a drink, I tried to affect the same look of, like, yeah, what can I get you? Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, registering no, no, like, oh, my God, that's great makeup. Or, uh, it was kind of like, yeah, what do you, what do you need? <laughs> like nothing and i can see people kind of deflate when i did that it made me it made me really happy oh good good for you rob way to ruin like this one this one this one girl i had on the deep like it was she must have had a professional makeup artist to do um like her makeup yeah and yes. <laughs> i <laughs> and it was really good like she had a third eye and her other eye had one of those weird things in she was like she looked truly kind of 
creepy. And every time she came out, she like wouldn't say anything. She would just stare at me. And I'd be like, what do you need? <laughs> and then she wouldn't say anything. I'm like going, okay, next. And then finally she'd be like, I made her say like, can I get a Budweiser? <laughs> yeah. Are you just supposed to guess what she wants? Ooh, are you? Yeah. You know, like, ooh, do you want some of this Budweiser? Well, maybe it's for the best that you're not out bartending tonight on Halloween. Yeah, I know. I'm a killjoy. I'm going to go play rock and roll with Clockpaw and then play poker for Halloween. Very cool. Very cool. You guys dressing up for the big poker game? You're going to dress as like that ace of spades? <laughs> no. <laughs> you should dress up like Lemmy and then have everybody try to guess that you're really trying to be the ace of spades. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, maybe uh, I think it would be great if I like showed up in costume. Hey, guy. Oh, hey. <laughs> That would be great. You should show up in costume holding, uh, like, Mr. Barrasco in costume by the hand. And say, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And, and see, what do you say? Uncle Dave. See what Uncle un Uncle Dave, listener Dave, does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be funny. Where's it being yet, held at tonight? We'll be uh, down in uh, Happy Valley at uh, at the Clockpaw Rockin' Place where uh, Collins is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I just so you're doing it on location in a rehearsal space. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, my block that I live upon here is a Halloween Central for the neighborhood. Um, ah. So there's a haunted house up at the end of the street at the famous celebrity's home, and um, then sort sort of around that, it's a little cul-de-sac. There's another house there where there's like a band that plays, but they don't play like. Uh, they're kind of like a Mumford and Sonsy kind of band, that kind of like hillbilly Appalachian kind of thing happening. Uh -huh. um, so it's not even like creepy Halloweeny themed. Uh, okay. But like, and then I'm, every... I'm shocked that you know who Mumford and Sons is, by the way. Oh, I dated a girl like two years ago. Did I not tell you this story? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm literally jaw dropped when you said Mumford and Sons. I went, huh? Jason <laughs> said Mumford. <laughs> Uh, I, I went out with this girl, uh, she, uh, like we, we, we went out one night and then like at the end of the night, she said the very, she said, I know this is kind of fast, but I'm going to a party tomorrow. Do you want to come with me to this party? And I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll go with you to this party. So we get in the car and go to the party and she like decided to tell me, like she put a, a CD in and she goes, do you like this? And I'm like, yeah, I like this. She goes, oh yeah, I love these guys. This is this is Mumford and Sons. I was like, oh, okay. So she played this mix CD of Mumford and Sons that she made. And then she told me that she was a huge fan of Three's Company. And uh, she also really loved uh, Jim Carrey and Ryan Gosling. Like this is the conversation we had as we were driving to the party. It was like, oh, I'll get to know you. You know, she didn't okay. say it all at once, yeah, but yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I like Mumford and Sons. Oh, do you like Three? Oh, I love Three's Company, oh, da, 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 right? Everything uh -huh. from then on out for like the next two months that I was dating her, everything uh -huh. had to do with either Jim Carrey, Three's Company, Ryan Gosling, or Mumford and Sons. That's why I remember. Wow, so she really, really liked those things. Well, and not only that, she didn't like anything else. Like there was nothing <laughs> she would say, hey, well, what do you want to do this weekend? Oh, I don't know. She goes, oh, we can go see this person sing. I'd say, okay, we go see the person sing and it's Jane Carey. I say, Jane Carey? She's, oh yeah, it's Jim Carey's daughter. Okay. 
So we went to go see Jim Carrey's daughter play. And then like she was, she wanted to watch, she had all of Three's Company on DVD and we'd hang out. She'd want to watch Three's Company. And every time she made me a mix CD and it was all Mumford and Sons. Oh my God. That is funny. So she made you a, that's more of a best of, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I know Mumford and Sons. That is truly, truly funny. That is great. Did you like Mumford and Sons? No. I don't either. Okay. I don't see what the big uh, hub, hubba baloo is. She loved him. Boy. And Ryan Gosling. Boy, she loved that Ryan Gosling. She was writing a movie to star Ryan Gosling in it. That's funny. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Ryan Gosling. Sure. Um, yeah. Did I tell you about my, my Vinny Chase story? Uh, yeah, you did, but the listener might want to hear it. Ah, uh, so, God, we haven't done the show in a really long time, but it's just, you know, duty has prevented us from doing it. But, uh, duty. I, I, went, <laughs> I went to, <laughs> you said duty. I went to, uh, Austin for my big Austin trip that we go to every year. Had a great time. And one of the nights we were there after the show, we went to this place, La Condesa, which is a great little, high-endy Mexican place, and we went there for dinner. So there's six of us, and we're having dinner, and I get up to go to the bathroom, and my friend's wife gets up to go to the bathroom as well, and we're walking through the bar, and you know, I just walk, start to go into the men's room. She's like, Robbie, Robbie! I'm like, what? I pop out, I'm like, what's going on? She's like, on your way out, look over your shoulder. It's the dude from Entourage, Vinny Chase. I'm like, oh. So I go, do my business, come out, look over my shoulder. Sure enough, Adrian Grenier, Vinny Chase. Sitting there at a table by the bar with some blonde chick hanging all over him. It looked very much like an episode of Entourage. You know, he had a couple hot girls, one of them hanging all over him, a couple of short dudes catering to his every whim. And we go back to thinking, like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I had known that his band was due to play at my work, Fontana's for CMJ, which is a big music festival out here. And they, I think he's also part owner of a record label. And so they were sponsoring a, a, a couple of different, you know, showcases. And so I happened to be working that, that night, day, got off, and said, I'm going to stick around and see Vinny Chase. Well, I got to meet him. And he was a really, really nice guy, but I kind of initially tripped him out because I'm like, hey, man, uh, Adrian, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm Rob. I bartend here. We shake hands. I'm like, you didn't happen to be in La Condesa in Austin on Sunday, did you? And he's like, yeah I'm like no no I'm not stalking you I just happened to be in Austin I saw you there I thought that was you he's like oh I love Austin so we start talking and we start talking about music which is you know a, an area I'm comfortable in and as we leave each other you know he's gonna go off and talk to some friends he turns around and like hey man nice meeting you Rob and he throws out his fist and does one of them fist bumps yeah and he explodes his fist but I don't do the exploding fist. That's not my thing. So I kind of was like, okay. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, you didn't explode your fist. <laughs> but the funny part of the story was, okay, so he goes off. And then after that, because I have keys and I can get wherever I want at, at the place, you know, I, w I had the best spots to watch bands. You know, I was right in front of the soundboard. Or I was like right by the, the door where the bands go to take all their stuff, equipment out. And so every time I looked around, there he was. And at this point, since we've seen each other so much, we're like, hey, you know, like, I'm like, you're right. This band's great. Yeah. Thumbs up. You know, a lot of chatter. Um, and so at the end of the night, I'm standing up by the bar 
And, you know, he, he and I kind of give a little, hey, what's up to each other? And he goes off and the bartenders are handing me free drinks across the bar because I work there. And this girl walks up to me with her friend and she's like, we know who you are. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> she's like, yeah, where do we know you from? We know who you are. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll play along with this one. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm from California. She's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, so where where do we know you from? I'm like, here, right now? You know, I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't going to say, I'm a schlub that works here that you have seen talk to, you know, Vinny Chase, who happens to be rolling around this joint. But it was kind of funny. I'm like, God, I could have probably, were I more single and wicked man, I could have parlayed that into something, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a move. You could have said. What do you uh, think about that? You've been on a red carpet recently. What do you think about refracted uh, glow of celebrity? Um, yeah, that's interesting. The only experience that I've had like that was I long, long ago, probably 15, 17 years ago. It was a long time ago. Um, because I was on my way into work, which was a job I worked back when I was married, and uh, I was hungover, so that gives you an idea of how long ago it was. And uh, uh, I I was running early, so I pulled into a McDonald's to get breakfast to sop up the, you know, the booze. And uh -huh. I was standing in line, and th it was packed. I had no idea that McDonald's would be packed in the morning, but there was, you know, two lines of people waiting to get to the register. And I turn and look to the left of me and there's like, uh, there's a girl, you know, or, or a woman uh, standing next to me and she looks and she does kind of a double take and she flushes, like she gets all red. Um, and she goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, shit. Uh, well, I, I'm getting breakfast. And she goes, ah. and like, I, I, she might have recognized me from a commercial I was in. Like there was a commercial airing at the time or something. You know, she might have recognized me for, for something. But she clearly mm. thought I was somebody more than I was. <laughs> because then, you know, we proceeded down and she, her demeanor changed considerably by the time we got up to the register. Because I think she changed her attitude. But me being on the red carpet last week didn't do anything. It was the Chinese American Film Festival. And I thought for sure that me being a strapping white guy in the midst of a sea of Chinese people would be quite the catch. But uh, no, no, didn't pan out that way. That's funny. But it must have been kind of surreal to see all these people popping off your picture as you were walking down there. <laughs> it was crazy. The craziest part about it was uh, that the there was a guy who was announcing you know the, who was walking down the red carpet so people who'd know who it was so we had to fill out this card that said who we were and what film we were with and then you hand it to the guy who's got this microphone and the microphone was shorting it was going in and out so you I, I could only I, buddy I, that <laughs> kind of thing right so uh -huh. we're all crowded on the side it was totally windy and we're all crowded behind this table at the start of the red carpet so there's like these beautiful beautiful uh chinese like princesses seriously like dressed in ornate uh traditional chinese garb with like jewels hanging from their head and this beautiful stuff and then like 
you know, these these actresses with the boobies and tall and then like uh, uh-huh. a congressman and like the one of the like the vice president of Disney and the guy who produced uh, Black Swan. Um, we're all like huddled in the back, just standing in the wind, waiting. And then they announce, I'm here, a very famous actor from the... <laughs> and then I walk down and there's like a whole line. You know, they're all Chinese. It's the Chinese American Film Festival. And they're all flashing pictures of me. And then they all sort of look behind me to see who's coming next. Because it's just me. You know, I didn't come with a date or anything. So I just walk down. And then you get, I get to the end of the, the red carpet. And someone's there and opens the door for me. And I walk in and that's it. Then I'm inside the lobby of the DGA. That, that's funny. So did you do any, how did you walk down the the red carpet as you were getting here? Did you affect any sort of like demeanor? Were you, were you like laughing to yourself? Were you kind of posing? Were you serious? Well, the first part I waved, like I raised my hand and waved. And then, uh, and I think that's the picture on my Facebook page now is me waving. Uh-huh. That's a great picture. I love that picture. <laughs> I think it's great too, because you can see the coffee bean across the street in the background. One of my friends commented, oh, is this for the opening of that Robert De Niro movie, The Coffee Bean? <laughs> yeah. um, and you can also see like the, the paparazzi standing behind me who are like done taking my picture and waiting for the, the next, you know, beautiful Chinese woman to come down the way. So I was walking and waving first, and then I, I stop. I could see people taking pictures. I stop, and I'd stand, and I'd smile for them, and I'd walk up a little more and stop and just sort of stand there and look around and smile, and then that was it, basically. That's great. That must have been funny, though. It's just kind of like the, the, the whole added wrinkle of having it be the, the Chinese American Film Festival. Oh, it was so surreal because the, it was the opening night gala of the film festival, so... There was food, but it was authentic Chinese food. So it wasn't like, you know, what we think of as Chinese food. It wasn't San Francisco Chinese food, right? I mean, it Uh was like, you know, paper-wrapped grass and, uh, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Like these crazy noodles that I'd never seen before that kind of looked like angel hair pasta that had been cooked for, uh, you know, seven hours with some sort of strange (laughs) stuff floating in it, this weird brown stuff. Um, but they did the uh, awards for the film festival on the opening night, which is bizarre because nobody's seen any films yet, but they're giving out awards. How do you, how do you have the audience like best award if you do that? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. But we, we sat down and, uh, you know, award ceremonies are tedious and redundant and boring in the first place. But the Chinese American Film Festival award ceremony are doubly tedious and annoying and boring because they say everything in English and then they say everything in Chinese after it. So everything is done twice. So it takes twice as long. Uh, and like they didn't they didn't announce categories. They would just say, so here is giving away the first award is uh uh, so-and-so from Warner Brothers Pictures, like some big muckamuck from Warner Brothers. And he would get up there and he'd open the envelope and he'd say, um, Land of Goshen. And then like the presenter would say, there, the winning film, Land of Goshen. And everyone sort of looks around <laughs> and says, what? What did he win? <laughs> like, what category is this? And they'd get up and walk and take it. And then they'd give some speech in Chinese. And they had this music that they would play 
to say your speech was going on too long, but it was just a recording that they would play over the sound system. So it was just the same music over and over and over again. It's crazy. Oh my God, that's freaking hilarious. It was unbelievable. I was there for about two and a half hours <laughs> and uh, they only got through about half the trophies. And these trophies, the, the actor in our movie, uh, which is now called a big love story. The main actor, Robbie, won uh, Best New Actor Award. So he accepted his award and he came back. And it was this incredibly heavy, thick in award. I mean, it was like solid gold. It was unbelievable. But no action. Congra congratulations. I want to say congratulations to Robbie for winning the best best performance in a Chinese-American film yeah. that wasn't Chinese-American. That had no Chinese-Americans <laughs> in the film or associated with the film at all. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the places you'll go, Jace. That's what I love. I love the life that we lead because it always is, there's always some sort of randomness attached to it. Crazy. All right. Well, speaking of random life, I should probably get on with mine today. Um, yes, and I should turn on the news and just find out what the hell is going on. I was looking though while while you were telling that story, I happened to go to one of the sites that gives me information about music. And yeah, I, mean, I can tell you stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything, no, just everything went like I'm looking, and everything is is canceled. There's nothing going on unless you live in Brooklyn, and then there's plenty to do because I guess parts of Brooklyn still have power. And uh, I wish at this point, this very day, I wish I lived in Brooklyn so I could get out of the house and see something. Well. You know, nothing wrong with sitting in the house, right? I guess so. I you know what I'm, I'm trying to think how I'm going to fill the rest of this day. And I'll probably, uh, I cleaned the house spotlessly yesterday, so I can't do that. I'll probably play a little guitar. Okay. Maybe listen to some records, read a book. I'm almost finished with my book on rats. Very excited about that. Good, good. And uh, maybe get some lunch, take the dog out for a walk. I'm told not to go into Central Park because they're still expecting trees to fall down. Okay, but, but but maybe I'll walk along Central Park. Yeah, I'll flirt go. with disaster. Nice. Then you can and you can watch Survivor tonight. That's right, Survivor tonight. I am interested in Survivor. All of our other shows that we normally follow, I've, I'm just not interested in. So Survivor is the biggie. We'll talk about it next week when we okay. do the show. Sounds good. Well, this coming weekend, thanks for asking. I will be. Uh, <laughs> you did ask earlier. This me feel. I did. You did. Uh, Saturday night's the big night. The theater company that I'm involved with is celebrating its 20 years here in Los Angeles. So, to... Is that Buffalo Nights? No, this is a company called Moving Arts. Buffalo Nights doesn't oh. really do anything anymore. Uh, oh. But uh, Moving Arts is having its 20th anniversary season kickoff event uh, this coming Saturday. There's uh, exciting... Um, you can come and learn how to do circus acts from the Cirque School for a, a, a mm -hmm. donation. And then you can also come to uh, be with a professional mixologist, Rob, and learn to mix drinks. That's another class oh, that's cool. you can take that evening. I could use a class like that, actually. Yeah, so it's just a donation. Then you come, you come and you, you participate in that. And then afterwards, there's a big gala party that you can, everybody can, uh, you know, there'll be bands playing and uh, a silent auction and dancing and... Uh, all that kind of stuff. So the tickets on sale now. Come on out to the Moving Arts Big Party. I will be there uh, helping with the silent auction and just sort of floating around and being sound guy for the bands and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, maybe nice. I'll dance with you. Huh? What do you think? Dance with me. Dance, dance with, with me. me. <laughs> I want to be a partner. Can't, Can't you, you see? see? You know what band that is. <laughs> 
that god i think i want to say it's uh exile no it probably isn't do you know who it is i do alan parsons project no god and i'm out of guesses what if i told you their other hit song would you guess it if i told you their, other, their other hit song Maybe. is still the one that'll make you smile still. oh we're still having fun oh god i should know this jace help me out orleans orleans god I, would, I wouldn't have got that, but I, good on you. Thank you, you. I, I figured you You and listener Dave Barasco are the only ones that would know the answer to that question. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then my daughter is in her school play, Play It Against Sam. And awesome. That's happening this weekend, so I'll probably see that. And then I think I have a couple other things uh, on the kettle that might be uh, coming to fruition. I'm sure you do. Again, I'm, I'm sure you do. That's right. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, well, we might nudge. talk about that later, right? Yeah, it's a still, little, uh, it's still uh. a little strange for me to be foraying out into that i'm not don't quite have my heart into it but uh you know it's yes. got it got to do what i got to do since i'm you got to do what you got to do you yeah do. yeah In this world all right uh well more on that later thanks for surviving the hurricane rob uh and um keep surviving i'm going to i have no choice great all right well i hope you have no choice either listener and we'll talk to you all next time bye, bye. can you tell me what did they said did you hear what did they say? Can you hear? What did they say? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.